0: hello and welcome to the acts of the apostles my name is lloyd and we are looking at chapter nine coming to the end of chapter nine and we're looking today at the healing of Aeneas. previously we had heard how um, saul was dramatically saved and went from being the chief opponent of the early church and the gospel to being himself persecuted by his former pharisee colleagues We now leave Saul behind briefly to focus on a few chapters concerning Peter the leader of the early church and see how the gospel goes to the Gentiles in chapter 10. Today however we'll look at this remarkable healing that of Aeneas who is healed as he used to be a paralytic but he gets healed through the intervention of Peter so let's read Acts chapter 9, verses 32 to 35. Now, as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years. He was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately, He rose and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. So Peter visits this newly established church or churches, and he wants to be with the people, not just with the church leaders, but he wants to move among the people. He wants to be known, but also to know people, what's going on in this church. And he's really observant and interested in people and how they're doing. He knows the condition of the flock. And he knows this one member by name, Aeneas. He knew him well. And now he gets to know him a bit more and finds out that he's been paralysed for eight years. So, Peter had come along to strengthen and encourage the church. And that meant strengthening and encouraging individuals giving them fresh input, insights, discipleship, and helping them to follow Jesus as a church. The church had accepted and supported Ananias in his, in his paralysis, in, his, in this state that he'd been in for a number of years. They'd been lovingly caring for him. But Peter wants to really encourage the church to demonstrate that, that there is this ministry and this gift of healing, and what it looks like, and how it can be handled well, done sensitively under the guidance of the holy spirit we might ask the question today is healing for today this is a historical book does this apply in our lives today can we take anything from this or is it just good to read it and nod our heads can we expect god to heal in miraculous ways today and you'll find that that's not really a question that churches in africa or asia are even asking they know the answer already The Bible nowhere at all states that God is unable to heal or move in the miraculous. If someone believes that, it would be really good to understand how and why they believe that. It is actually a miracle in and of itself that someone would believe something like that because it says nowhere in the Bible that you shouldn't expect to be healed. Such a view of God is really difficult to to conjure up or to even exist based on all that he's done for us, all that he is for us, all that he can still do for us. So let's go back to the story. What is the situation? There's this paralyzed man who's been healed. Sorry, he hasn't been healed. He's been this way for eight years. He's about to be healed. I'm just getting ahead of myself there. And as churches, we need to sensitively have faith the healing of others amongst us those within the church but also those outside the church without putting any pressure on them to be healed or to achieve something or to strum up their faith and to pull themselves up let's see how peter conducts this healing this incident let's learn let's be instructed and let's maybe try ourselves by faith go and see what god might do as we step out in faith like peter does so who had peter learnt from probably jesus because he did jesus did almost exactly the same thing we read about it in in all the gospels we're going to read an account right now and peter was there when it happened so let's look at mark chapter (coughs) 2 briefly mark chapter 2 verses 1 to 12 we may see some similarities <clears throat> and when he returned to Capernaum after some days as Jesus It is reported that he was at home and many were gathered together so that there was no more room not even at the door and he was preaching the word to them and they came bringing to him a paralytic as where the similarities begin carried by four men and when they could not get near him because of the crowd they removed the roof above them and when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay to get him before Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, that's probably the guys carrying him, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Which seems a bit of a strange thing to say. Now some of the scribes are sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And so by saying that in their heads, they're declaring that he is God. And immediately, Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they, were, they thus questioned within themselves, he said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, which no one really can see, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, because then something has to be visible, doesn't it? And there's another account in Matthew chapter 9, and there's one in Luke chapter 5. It's the same story, just being repeated. So Jesus had instructed the paralytic to rise, pick up his mat, and go home. Three things, rise, pick up mat, go home. Very basic. But the paralytic did that. He, He rose, even though he couldn't rise, he did it. And this is because Jesus spoke with authority, as the Son of Man, as God, as those Pharisees had correctly identified. He was the Messiah, and the man rose first. So he did the, he did things in that order. He rose, then he stooped down, picked up his mat, and then he walked home, glorifying God. The people in town also were amazed and they began to glorify God. So we do well to do as Jesus did and say what Jesus did. Not as like a formula or a methodology that if we just do this, then it will definitely happen, almost like a slot machine, no but by faith, trusting in the power and authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus could have chosen an easier person to heal, let's say easier in inverted commas, as could have Peter, maybe someone with a cough or a cold, a headache. But why do we think that things like that are easier or harder? That's us making assumptions about things. We don't have to. We don't have to make things on a scale. We just need to trust Jesus and go for it. We don't have to pretend that we have the power to do anything ourselves peter didn't he just said this is what jesus is going to do to you and it says peter said to him Aeneas, jesus christ heals you rise make your bed and immediately he arose <clears throat> so peter spoke to to Agnes. he was a person he wasn't a project he wasn't something to be used to show off or as a ministry exhibit for, for Aeneas, the, the paralysis was his life. It was a reality for him. He did not have time for games. He didn't have time for a preacher or a, or a showman preacher to play with him, to mess him about. <clears throat> so, what is different here then? Peter gives the healing to Jesus. He gives the glory to Jesus. Jesus heals you. He did not say, I heal you. Or be healed just as jesus heals you he speaks with authority and he stirs faith in Anias, who simply believes and does the impossible so imagine if you couldn't walk if you've never walked if you've never stopped you're paralyzed and someone says to you get up pick up your mat go home all three of those things are impossible <laughs> but he does it he believes and he does it mm. and you might say is that not cruel peter what you've done well, ask the paralytic, is that cruel to to be healed? To be picking up his mat, to be walking home, praising God, not at all. That is a joy, it is a thrill to be healed. When we obey God's voice, some things won't make sense. So the, if someone says to you as a paralytic, rise, <clears throat> it seems a bit nonsensical. What, that, that's not impossible. But if we believe and obey, well, that thrills the heart of God, and look what happens, He's immediately healed. Who's to say that when we lay our hands on someone and say, be healed in Jesus' name, that they won't be healed? We think it's obvious that they won't be healed, but I want to stir faith to say, it, the, the, obvious, the obvious thing is the other way, God will most likely heal. Let's see, let's step on faith peter acted as one under the authority of christ and with the full authority of christ no one would have assumed that it was peter peter in control here it was peter getting all the credit no not at all peter didn't want that they saw god's grace upon peter when he said the name of jesus he said jesus will heal you he made it clear that it wasn't the strength of peter it wasn't peter's faith so to speak it was it was god it was jesus healing doing the healing his part at work not peter yet at the same time peter was the instrument he was the one who was trusting god he was the one who was believing for that paralytic to be healed he was doing it he was exercising a gift that god had given him he was obeying god by doing what jesus had told him to do before so if you look in luke chapter 9 verse 2 he sent out all the apostles and commanded them to preach the gospel to 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 open the eyes of the blind, to cast out demons and to heal and to raise the dead as well, which we'll read about next week. So Peter's been given the authority to do this thing that he's doing. And by inference, us as fellow followers of Jesus, we've been given that same authority. If we believe that Jesus has spoken that to us. Jesus never told his disciples to stop healing the sick. Where do we get that from? Where do we get this command? Most of us are not doing this. We, we, we're not raising the dead. We're not, we're not casting out demons. We're just muddling along and doing other things, really good things as well. But Jesus specifically told his disciples to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to um, lift up the lame, heal them, raise the dead. And so, where we get this crazy idea that God cannot heal people, I don't know. And it says, all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. There was a clear linkage between the miraculous of this healing and the gospel being proclaimed and understood. No one needed to be told. It just, it became clear that this was an act of God. Because Paul, Peter, had healed in the name of Jesus. The miracle of healing opened locked hearts to believing faith. They not only healed the paralytic, but they healed the entire town of unbelief. Peter's, Peter's obedience to heal Aeneas in the name of Jesus prompted many to seek Jesus. That same Jesus who healed that paralytic. We want that. We want that salvation. We want the save. We want the Messiah. So we dare not set limits or bounds on what God can do or should do. Especially if we see Jesus himself doing it. And we see many, many examples over and over in Scripture of Jesus healing people. In the book of Acts as well. In the Gospels, in the book of Acts, there's no command, as far as you search the Bible, you search high and low. There's no command to stop proclaiming the Gospel. In fact, Jesus says at the end, go into all the world. And just in the same way he gives that command, we should see the same command. Go into all the world and and free those who are in bondage from sickness. Cast out the demons. Because Jesus gave the same commandment to his disciples earlier on, as I said in Luke chapter 9. So there's no command to stop believing God and trusting God for the miraculous. It doesn't mean to say that every single time God will heal, but we don't, we don't actually even attempt great things for God because we don't expect great things from God these days, it seems. But I would encourage you to, to seek what's happening in the, the, the wider church in Africa and Asia where people are really believing God to, to break through. They don't have wonderful hospitals and 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 nhs's they just trust god and god comes through and we obviously recognize that the greatest healing is that of a dead soul coming to life in believing faith but let's not settle there that is a wonderful thing and let's let's rejoice in that the angels in heaven rejoice when one person repents and is and, and is saved but god has got more for us as well on top of that If we could just see it, if we could see it, if we could start believing again through stories like we've just read today and see what rejoicing and praise God will cause when you step out in faith, like what happened to the the inhabitants of Lydda and and, um, this other town, Sharon, where they saw this man healed. They just couldn't stop praising God. So let's take God's word seriously as i said before if you need some help to to stop believing for the miraculous go visit a thriving church in africa or in asia they'll teach you they will train you they'll demonstrate to you what it looks like to heal someone in today's climate and this is this is a better education that you'll then you'll get at a theological college in the west who will probably teach you to disbelieve the miraculous they'll probably teach you to be a cessationist where they believe the gifts and the the promises of the Holy Spirit are not for today Um, so I'd encourage you go visit a church in Africa go visit a church in Asia see what's going on see someone raised to life see someone healed so do you have faith right now as you listen to this for healings in your church maybe for yourself do you need to lay hands on yourself maybe even right now as we as we're talking do you want to just lay a hand on that that part of your body that needs healing or maybe there's someone nearby you want to lay a hand on and proclaim over the person the name of Jesus be healed rise up lift up your mat and go home as simple as that you don't have to have fancy words so let's let's trust that God is the power behind whatever healing he does So place the hands on your body and I just pray the blood of Jesus would heal whoever's doing this right now listening to this video. And we pray for many churches to to stir up the gift of healing amongst them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.